It is time to tune up the band and screw it. We're throwing out the script because it's MDK all day, bitches. For it is another episode MDK. of the Sweet Chidwag podcast. I am Sam alongside Reardon and Dan as we continue our journey for the wacky world of professional wrestling. Joining us this week, gosh, it's taken us a while, but we actually got our second female guest on the podcast. <laughs> uber wrestling fan music aficionado and creator of something spice it is willow raven hi willow hi thanks so much for having me oh it's an absolute pleasure thank you for for for, for accepting and you know getting a weird dm a couple of months back saying hi i'm part of the poker wrestling podcast <laughs> not not you sliding into the dm sam i thought you <laughs> i thought you were better than that I told, the, I, the, thing, the thing is though for honor real sam you're actually better at it than i am so <laughs> you, you say that i feel like it was like i mean I, I i could be professional i could be slightly informal i'll be i'll do a nice in between so i don't like scare off willow too much yeah. <laughs> Because I can great. only imagine sifting through so many DMs. That one must have been a breath of fresh air. <laughs> it's always nice to get something that's, uh, you know, a, a little bit um, less um, flavorful. <laughs> Is that, that's the word we're going for. Yes. <laughs> no, much appreciated. Said, said the actress to the bishop and all that. Yeah. <laughs> How have we all been this week? It's been a pretty good week, honestly. It's been a pretty good week, I must yeah. say. It's been, it's been, I'm going to say busy. Mm. Yes. Mm. That's the best, that's the best summary for me without going into too much detail. But I agree. It's been quite busy for me. Um, I mean, the only detail I'll go into is that every time that a major comes around for Rocket League, it always just seems like I've got no time in the day for anything. <laughs> It's true. It's very true. Bloody people. How's your week been, Willow? Uh, it's been good. I just got back from a, a little trip. I went to uh, TOS uh, for oh, nice. GCW and COS, so Tournament of Survival. Uh, went to New York for a little bit and came back, and so I've been kind of trying to get back into the groove of work and things. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Oh, so it's, it's been a busy week for all, I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yes, we give you this podcast. Thanks to those lovely people over at SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and forever pending other platforms. You know, guys, it might be MDK all day, but it is also always be pending all day, every single day, and always will be. It's between MDK and always be pending for which one will be the last one standing. And honestly... I think we got a pretty good shot, guys. I really do. But I don't like light it's okay, tubes. Okay, I'll take I'll take the light tube bump. <laughs> yeah, just, <laughs> thank you, Dan. Sam, you're the tallest one. As as is tradition, you you have the body mass to take those light tubes. Do I? I'm just picture. I'm now just picturing the bit where I get thrown into the light tubes, but I'm too light to break them. Oh my god! No, that's me. That's definitely <laughs> me. It's like absolutely. I I do think I. Oh, actually, no. It might be a bit of competi competition of who is the lightest between the two of us, Dan. 
We'll have to go. We'll have to go on the, on the scales for that one. I'd be oh. curious. Anyway, I'm taking the bump, kid. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Good snap. Uh, before we get on to our episode, all about Nick Gage, it is time to visit Dan for this week's wrestling news. Dun 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 dun. Down. Wrestling news. 146 episodes. It never gets old. It never right. gets old. <laughs> Um, where do we want to start? Do we want to start WWE or AEW? Um, let's start with something that will probably make us happy. So AEW. <laughs> it's Collision, baby. Brought to our, brought to us by Sir Elton John. <laughs> you know what? I say, I, I, I talk to these guys. That is the perfect marriage, if you ask me. I'm Elton really John and pro it. wrestling. Like I'm not mad at it by any means, but it is kind of strange to see some of the most like violent looking wrestlers with just Elton John just playing along doing his thing. <laughs> I don't know. Well, the, 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 thing, the thing about it I have... Soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, the thing about it I have is I feel like from the early 2000s, and I guess late 90s as well, I've been conditioned to just accept rock music as the intro yeah, to a people. wrestling show. <laughs> yeah. So having Elton John, I'm like, no, I like this, but it feels weird, and it, there's no reason for it to feel weird. <laughs> yeah, no, I um, feel what feels weird is the hacker aesthetic to Collision. It doesn't quite match so with Elton, Elton John. John. Known hacker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to, to quote, to quote IQ, it needs more '90s grunge and more like kaiju battles and car crashes. <laughs> Honestly, I I disagree. I think that um. I think that dynamite should be carpenters. That's what I think. That's why. I've, that's my. That's my vote. That's my vote. AEW Rampage open to you by Fleetwood Mac. Honestly, I mean, it worked for Formula One. It did. <laughs> like it really did. Here's here's my thing, right? I'm thinking right because Collision feels like it's gonna be an old style show. Yeah, bro. I need those '80s line graphics. Yeah. Yeah, I need I need those like I need like the logo of AEW coming down in like a swoosh, landing on like a blue and purple grid pattern on the floor. I I want to see I want to see them like landing on a on a cliff surrounded by the ocean waves. That's what I need. I want want local. I want local US TV station mid eighties TV ident. Absolutely. Are you saying that the color scheme should now be cyan and magenta? Yes. I mean, Sam, everything should be the color cyan and magenta. The logo has to appear after like a flash from like a star far away. <laughs> but we're, we're it now needs delve- to be as tropey as possible. We're delving deep into synthwave at this point, gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're hijacking '80s aesthetics. <laughs> we we said what we said. We said what we said, Sam. I was going to say, we're, we're, I'm I'm glad it's the '80s aesthetic and not the '80s mindset. That's all no. I'm saying. I mean, no, come on. Because all I'm saying the is '80s just... mindset is still the 2020s wrestling mindset. For Although that people. said, that said, TK and his mountain of c- cocaine, it does work. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what can I say? <laughs> business knows business. Sorry, every time he does an announcement, it's just like, <laughs> I just wonder, like, how many lines are you doing before going on there? 
is it Herb Abrams levels of lines that TK's doing? No, it's <laughs> not. See, it, it's not self-destructive levels, but he's certainly at a point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. As owner all of I'm, Fulham, all I'm, that does. What I'm that saying to you. is right. If he was to be using, can't confirm if he is or he isn't, <sighs> just so we're legally covered. Um, <laughs> all I, all I say is, if he is, he's definitely got a special deal going on with his dealer. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> that that dealer has so many of the wrestlers' autographs. Um, as 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 a as uh, as a friend of mine who partakes oh, says, uh, it's the uh, the forbidden meal deal. <laughs> forbidden meal deal. And that won't resonate for any people that aren't British or Irish, but <laughs> we'll, we'll, go, we'll go with it. Question is Tesco's or Boots? It's got to be Tesco's. Come on, come uh, on. This is where it all goes judging, over Willow's head. Judging, judging yeah. by judging by how he says how good of a deal he is getting for it, Tesco. Yeah, like <laughs> Willow, you have to understand that the three pound meal deal is a staple of the British diet. Okay. So ba- ba- okay, I'm, I I can't believe we're doing this. Yeah, we no, we're doing okay. this. Basically. Supermarket chains in the UK offer or still offer a deal, which is like a drink, a sandwich, and a bag of crisps, chips, and you get it as like a little combined deal and you can take it off with you. Okay. And it's just like something which is just so aggressively from where we from where we're from. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. And just to let you know, we do have Subway. So you'd think like maybe we could go into no people still go to the supermarket and get the sandwich. Deal. Yeah, but that's because Subway yeah, over here you pay like nine pounds to get like us a, a six inch Subway sandwich and a drink. Yeah, I don't think that I'd be choosing Subway in the in you know initially anyway. So <laughs> also a valid choice. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Oh yeah, we haven't got to... some great action on Collision this week. Uh, yeah, we didn't even get to see a pug coming back. <laughs> Look right, the brother's back, and it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is, honestly. We're back in his gym bag and his wrestling boots over his shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> Look at disgruntled. About, about lies, so many tell him when he's saying a lie over and over again. I, I mean, Bobby Fish. There you go. <laughs> Could you imagine that's I just mean, a lie off? <laughs> Where's the lie? Tell me when I'm telling lies. Where's the lie? Like. like <laughs> The thing about it is, right, is I, I, to be fair, there was a thing that he, I think it was an interview he did, or it might have been in that, around that promo, but he said, like, I can't lie. I think the fact that I've been off recovering from, like, injury as well has made this worse, and it absolutely has. I, no, I agree. <laughs> I agree with that one. Hey, it was a promo that worked. It was going to be at the United Center. It was in Chicago. There was no doubt that he was going to get cheered the heck out of. And he did. And he had 10 minutes to talk. He had people eating out the palm of his hand. It all worked out in the end. Can't say that rest of the ro- some of the roster are particularly happy about him being back. <laughs> but yeah. hey-ho, there's a reason why we've got another show now, everybody. Like- yeah, someone mentioned how Moxley has... Uh, booked himself on indie shows every Saturday for the coming like <laughs> several months. I respect um, John Moxley for that. So see, much. but per- personally, I think that's the based option. 
yeah. not to be like i'm not gonna work with you it's like look i would love to work with you i'm busy though i'm booked yeah. up for the yeah. next like oh. year and I'm eddie's sorry. like eddie's like sorry man i'm at the g1 now so i'm gonna be the other side of the world <laughs> i'd love to but like my daughter's recitals coming up like you know start matching up i'm, I'm, I'm so i'm so sorry no, you know no, who no. this leaves though this this made me wonder the other day you know who this leaves this leaves like Andrade and Roosh, and those are two people that I know that CM Punk will not get along with, particularly because Punk complained about Hangman working stiff with him, and we all know what Roosh is like. The, the moment that we get CM Punk versus Roosh, the entire company's going to burn to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the entire reason I know that is because I'm just convinced that when that happens, Roosh is just going to be like, Nah, it's time. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, just going to stiff him. <sighs> His punks say he would like to work anywhere else but WWE. Gets to work anybody else and go, I regret every single life decision I ever made. <laughs> <laughs> no, that said, though, every, it was a very good collision. We got yeah. Lucha, sorry, we got Christian Cage by proxy becoming TNT champion. Bro, I'm so, I'm so here for this. It's going to be Luchasaurus holding the title while Christian Cage walks around, but then we're going to get Christian Cage Luchasaurus blow off match. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Uh, Buddy Matthews versus Andrade in a, quite a Love that. hit. Miro's back and looking jacked as ever, if you uh, ask me. Ah, yes. That's Miro, the stuff. Miro with a great. I don't give a shit what you do performance. Yes. <laughs> Just fucking stomping him every two seconds. Absolutely love it. I Sky fucking Blue. love Miro, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I love Miro so much. <laughs> Sky Blue and Willow Nightingale defeating the Outcasts in a very good tag match, yeah. if you ask me. Very good tag match. And then, of course, we had FTR and Punk versus uh, Bullet Club Gold and uh, Samoa Joe. Um, again, very decent match it's setting up joe versus punk which i can only imagine we're gonna have it all in london oh please 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 so i really I, do. I appreciated juice robinson's commitment to the role of i'm here to take the pin it's <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it, it's a role that's followed him ever since nxt <laughs> It was a spirited performance. Very, very. Although I have heard people saying they're wasting Jay White's talent in AEW, and I can't. I mean, like that. I, well, no, but the thing is, though, that they're, <clears throat> they're probably coming from the perspective of this man was in IWGP title main events for like mm. the last four years. Hmm. And that, and to be fair, that is also because like New Japan bookers were like, hmm, we have. We have a wheel with six people on it. Let's spin and see who it is this time. <laughs> and that wheel hadn't changed in four years, with the, exception, just... with the exception of evil. It was just ghetto spinning it and then got panicked when the pandemic hit. Went, oh, uh, evil. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <clears throat> it was like, it's time for something bold, new and creative. And I'm going to pick this guy that everyone unilaterally feels neutral about. <laughs> <laughs> All that said, though, with that event, set design looked great. The yeah. commentary team of Kevin Kelly, Nigel McGuinness, and Jim Ross worked. By the way, with Jim Ross, can someone make sure he's all right? Because he keeps getting black eyes all the time, and it's now starting to worry the hell out of me. Yeah. It, it's making me really concerned. Like, I, I just am so worried that, like, something is happening because he keeps, like, falling down and stuff. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. Like, 
Jim, please, for the love, if anyone's earned time to be able to kind of like relax, it's you, Jim. So please take like, care Jim, of just, yourself. Just, just take up the office job for a little bit. Yeah. You, you, you could you could be there, you could relax, you could be horny on main as long as you want. <laughs> horny on main and selling barbecue sauce. That's that's what it's about. <laughs> Is that the life? I don't know. For Jim that, Ross, I guess that's the life. That, listen, listen, if anyone's earned that retirement plan, it's Jim. It's just JR. Like that's exactly the way a guy like you, that you gotta think ever. about it like this, right? That man put up with Jerry Waller for like 10 plus years. Yeah. <laughs> That, that earns any amount of retirement. It really does. <laughs> it's true. It's true. All right. On the yeah. other side of the fence, Dan, what do we have? Uh, well, <laughs> the Usos, they are splitting from the bloodline. Mm-hmm. I guess they took a one look at that piss belt and saying, I am not part of the bloodline anymore. <laughs> Back I it mean, up, ba- guys. Ba- basically, the summary I have, I have with all of this is there's the side of it from my friends that keep in touch with WWE because I'm still not really keeping in touch with it. Like, I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, but most of them are saying, like, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened. And I'm like, cool, good for you. <laughs> that sounds so That sounds so snarky when I say it like that. <laughs> that was the one of the most passive-aggressive things I've ever heard from you. This is the problem being British. <laughs> yes. Because I meant that earnestly. As in, like, I'm actually happy for you, and I sound like a prick. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the other side of it is just people going, like, this is taking so long, oh my god, I don't care anymore. And really, just my thing of it is like, oh, okay, we're going with Jay. Are we going with Jay Uso now? Like, is that what we're doing? Cool. Let's do this. I'm okay with this. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think it was going to be the logical conclusion. It just, it just so happened that they saw that it was a good thing and wanted to drag out. Well, Triple H's mandate is always dragging everything out for as long as humanly possible until it snaps. But yeah. <laughs> But that is the thing. I mean, at least Money in the Bank looks intriguing, considering like the ladder matches we've got. Um, considering now it's going to be the Bloodline Civil War tag team match is the main yes. event, and then we've got that, of course, Cody versus Dominic, which is like sandwiched in the middle, and then we've got the the World Heavyweight Championship match between Seth and Finn. It's shaping up to be somewhat decent, but I don't know. <sighs> Because I'm the one who still puts himself through watching Raw and SmackDown uh, at 2.5 speed, may I add. Uh, <laughs> I find it it's it's it has become more abundantly clear that there is meddling from a certain mustachioed snake oil salesman uh, <laughs> than ever, especially since the Endeavor deals happened. You can definitely tell that there's like his fingers the all in- over it <laughs> i was gonna say the invisible hand but that's the invisible hand. and it's it's a shame because considering where we were last year we were talking about hey it's a bit of a breath of fresh air granted it's it's oh it's not great but it's, at least it's a step forward but now with with this happening it's just like the more things change the more they stay yeah. the same <laughs> So I haven't watched um, WWE like weekly programming probably since 2019. Um, I I had just kind of stopped. I like had moved out. I didn't have cable anymore, etc. Um, and 
I had thought about starting watching again a few months ago because I kept hearing about how much better the product had become. And then Vince came back. That's basically it. Like, it really, I, it really hurts your confidence. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was like, because, like, like, the guys will attest to this. I was slowly, like, peeking, peeking my head out of the foxhole as well. Mm. And then, it, and then, oh, by the way, Vince is back. And I immediately ducked and covered. Like, no, 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 can't do this. Yeah. I mean, as soon as, you know, the Monday Night Raw um, after Mania, I mean, I heard nothing but horrible things about it. Mm. Um, it just kind of sounded like it was just back to being kind of a mess behind the scenes of like constant yeah, yeah. changes and, you know, storylines kind of going nowhere. And so where I, I listen, I love wrestling for the athletics, but I love the storylines. I love the characters. Mm. I like getting invested. And, um, if you're not if you're not giving me a good storyline and like a consistent one, then why would I invest my time? Yeah, pretty much. Mm. I mean, like my thing with the bloodline stuff is I've just been like everything condensed down is really good. Yeah. But like there's been you're gonna hate me when I say this. It, it's had like filler episodes. <laughs> Are you, are you trying yeah. to tell me the bloodline is the bleach of WWE? In a way, yes. You know that is, that is the weebiest comment I've ever made on this podcast. Down to its to its like essential moments and points of drama, it's it's great. But there's been so much stuff in the middle, which has just been like okay, like just that whole chain of like ah title match against Roman, Solo Sokoa appears does the Samoan spike and Roman wins and I'm just like okay <laughs> cool the one redeeming quality I will still say that that WWE has and I I find it that I don't think they know it quite yet is that Gunter is the best thing they have in that company at the moment yeah oh they have no idea they got no <laughs> concepts <laughs> Genuinely, no idea how good he is. He has genuinely consistently been one of the best performers that they've had for the longest time. And even if he has been given some questionable, questionable. stuff, like the name change, the 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 gimmick overhaul to be slightly um undertones of a slight party. Um uh, <laughs> I won't go over what happened to Backlash when it looked like Ooh, oh, yeah, that the banners rough. looked very that suspect. Rough. That was rough. Banners, yeah. <laughs> but reminiscent. Reminiscent. That's the... yeah. But yeah, Goods has been very flipping consistent. He's been so damn good, and he's always hit it out the park when it really mattered. It, again, it's that silly thing of you put on good matches, it makes a title important. Yeah, and that's exactly much. what he's done with the IC title. And you and you know, the problem with that is, unfortunately for you, The Rocks lost out sixty million in the first year of the XFL and had two film franchises which have bombed. So WrestleMania forty, here we go. Uh, wait, um, wait a minute, wait a minute. Two? I know yeah. one, but what's the other um, one? The the whole thing with the Fast and Furious, where he had like the massive falling out. Oh yeah, right, right. Well, right, they they right, they right. don't. 
they don't want to work with each other because they both have massive egos about how their characters are supposed to be seen. That's right. Hey, it's just like wrestling all over again. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So I was going to say, do you think Vince has a Dwayne voodoo doll that he's been secretly Probably. just putting pins in to make sure that he fails in Hollywood? You know, maybe. Because put it past them. Yeah, like, man, I had such... The moment, the moment Pain and Gain came out, I was like, "Ah, oh, yes, it's he's arrived. This is going to be so good." But, oh, mate, it's kind of, it just sucks, man. I wanted, I wanted, I wanted to see like this is this is Tyra Banks. We were rooting for you. We were all rooting. For you. <laughs> well, unfortunately for you, you get four films where The Rock is wearing camo. You know what? Actually, to be fair, the two both Jumanji films are actually really good entertainment. They are like, like the first one shocked me. Then the second one, I was like, "Yo, this is still good. What the hell?" <laughs> All I'm saying is, it could be worse for Dwayne. He could have made another film like The Southland Tales. This is true. So just this think, your true. lucky stars that we got Black Adam and Fast X. I'm just saying. <laughs> Ah, oh, anything else, Dan? Uh, the last thing, the last thing to come up is uh that we have John Moxley versus El Desperado. Uh, I can't remember what they're calling it. Final Destiny, something. Mm. But they're having some. They're having some kind of match in New Japan, which is awesome. Um, and then we also have the pending uh tag match, which is uh El Desperado and Jun Kasai versus, I believe, John Moxley. Homicide. Homicide. That's just just unfathomably based choice. It's going to be gruesome, and I'm going to love every single second of it. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Because I'm I'm going to yet again have a death match make me be in my feelings. (laughs) (laughs) It's the goopy gremlin brain that we both have. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I was at TOS when June Kasai like ran in. And I have not seen a room go so unhinged in so long. Like everyone just lost their minds. Um, It was an amazing moment. Well deserved for June Kasai. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, are we done with the news then, Dan? We're done with the news. Awesome. Let's head on over to Recommendation Corner. Reardon, what have you got for us this week? Well, something. Guys, how do you feel about gay icons? Yas Incredible. Excellent. Perfect. Have I got a YouTube channel for you? In light of it being Pride Month, and like last year, I did a lot of, I did a lot of like, I I tried to make sure that it was just like LGBT, like plus creators and and films and stuff like that. Unfortunately, it seems that the month of Pride has just come out with nothing but bangers, so I've had to just kind of let that <laughs> go aside. But keeping in with Pride, I'd like to recommend Matt Baum. That's B-U-A-M-E. Mm. Who does these absolutely wonderful LGBT history videos. The, at least like around like a half hour each. And he's done some on like, on like when Ellen DeGeneres came out, the life of George Takei, the, on Goomapa, 
on um, the life of the actor who played Guma Power Pyle, who I did not know was gay. Wasn't he also he... the kingpin in Punisher? I don't think so. He might have been, but I don't think so. But no, it's just really, really good stuff. And I, I do, I, they're really fascinating. Uh, some of it, some of the the, the uh, footage that they show shows that, wow, we literally have not changed, huh? Okay, that's, that's, oh, that's, gosh. that's neat to see. But, but he is really entertaining and a lot of really good, good stuff. So, and, and I recommend, if I'm going to recommend one in particular, I am going to recommend the one on our once and future dame. Where is she? Where is she? I can't believe I can't find it. Damn. I'd had it. I had it and then I, I closed it. Hang <laughs> on. Damn it, Reardon. We're I, live. Angela Lansbury. There Lans- we go. Angela Lansbury. Who I did not day. know was yeah, who I did not realize was was like knee deep, like neck deep in the in the LGBT scene. I did not know this. And it's great. Oh, it's so good. It it's makes so Murder good She Wrote make more, so much more sense now. Yeah, no, it actually does. Like you like like it you wanna know why why Roddy McDowell was in it? That's why. <laughs> Because he's friends with, with Roddy McDowell. Shout out to Roddy McDowell as well. Great actor. Yes. Great, great actor. <clears throat> All right, then. With that, it is time to get on to the main portion of our episode. Our retrospective on Nick Gage. Sorry, let me say that properly. Nick fucking Gage. <laughs> <laughs> now, everybody, I pose a question before we get on to the, on to the, uh, on to the retrospective, the main bulk of it. What is the image that comes to your head when you hear the name Nick Gage? And we'll start, as always, when we have guests. So we'll start with you, Willow. The first thing that comes to mind is yes. uh, the the headband, the, like the bandana. Yep. <laughs> like immediately, like just, um, yeah, iconic. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Dan? Domino's pizza and light tubes. <laughs> I knew pizza was going to get involved somehow. Of course it was. Reardon. A man covered in blood holding light tubes and not giving a fuck. <laughs> Just... <laughs> I've been I've been low key obsessed ever since you introduced me to him. I'm not gonna lie. Yes, <laughs> we <in>. did it. <laughs> Ooh, when were you introduced to him? Uh, um, I want to say it was like last was year. It the, actually, was it the Chris wanna... Jericho Nick Gage match on Dynamite? Yeah, yeah, and I just saw everyone look, and I was like, "Who, who is that? <laughs> and who it, is think... this man?" Was and it the then, Dark Side of the yeah, Ring episode? Yeah, as then well, the wasn't Dark it? Side of the Ring came came by, and I was just like, "Yo, <laughs> this this, ha, huh, I this this was he is the he's the wrestling definition of this. Better not awaken something in me." <laughs> <laughs> okay, the image that comes to my head, and I'll explain why, is cupcakes. 
Nice. I'll explain okay. why. All right. It's a very famous story from uh, from uh, from New Legacy's John Blood when he uh, was working backstage in CZW, and one of the producers uh, brought a whole tray of cupcakes to celebrate uh, an event for CZW, and Nick Gage, being incredibly passionate as he is, flipped out that there was cupcakes on the on the craft service table, and John says he picks one up, goes to eat it but then just drops it on the floor accidentally. It slips out of his hands. And Nick does nothing but just stand there for about 15 seconds looking incredibly disappointed in himself. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like the, the only thing... about I... Nick Gage... <laughs> Go on, Will, I'm the sorry. Thing... No, that's okay. The thing about him is that he is secretly the most wholesome man <laughs> that anyone could possibly... Like, just interacting with him in like atlantic city and stuff he's just the sweetest person and like he'll just be walking around with his tiny little dog and just like full of wonder at all times and i'm just like i just want to give him a hug and be like what a what a sweet man you are (laughs) exactly also like for to have an ally in the LGBT community like him, for me, it's like we're in good yeah. hands if someone as violent as Nick Gage is helping us out. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he's like so vocal about his um support for like trans uh youth and like you know, um, just like trans people in general, and it's just like very nice to see because, yeah, he's like such a like must like you know big Mm. scary dude Mm. and to have him be so openly vocal about it like i i think really makes people question their bias biases a little Mm. bit Mm. especially when we know deathmatch freshers can be people (laughs) yeah 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 exactly Oh mm-hmm. gosh! Exactly, exactly. What was the other story that just came into my mind about Nick? Ga- oh yeah, it was. All this reminds me of when he got announced for Big Gay Brunch, and then of course yes! Razor Ramon yes! Hard Gay got announced, and he was like, "That don't look like Razor Ramon." <laughs> <laughs> I just the moment I heard, I because like I think it was I think it was Dan that told me. Yeah. I was I was I was like, wait, hang on a minute. <laughs> What is he doing here? Like, no, Raiden, was... Raiden, the one, the what, the 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 better one was when he was when he was announced. He was announced for the Twink Rumble. Yeah, and like... the, the the award the award was Lube, and then he put hey, he was like hey at Effie, I need to hit you up real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, all right. I'm getting ahead of myself. Should we always go to the beginning, which is always Let's a good place go to, to the start? Beginning. <laughs> yeah. Born Nicholas William Wilson in National Park, New Jersey, in September 1980, he was raised. So he was a uh, raised by his uh just by his mum and his brother Chris, who we also know as Justice Payne. As a child, he was more actually more interested than in NFL and American football than he was in wrestling. As a matter of fact, his biggest idol was Lawrence Taylor. From what I gather... That, he, that he, colours so many pages of the book. <laughs> from what I'm aware, he did watch the Lawrence Taylor Bam Bam match, but he wasn't that interested in wrestling at that time. 
<laughs> as a matter of yeah, fact, but to be fair, watching watching a Lawrence Taylor NFL match is basically a WWE match anyway. So. This is true. This is true. Uh, he was quoted as saying that as a kid, he he recalled watching old tapes of NWA, but never really watched WWF as he thought it was way too corny, uh, especially in the early 90s when, you know, it was like the the job role was the gimmick. <laughs> you know, dumpst, uh, like a, a dumpster guy, friggin' hockey player, uh, a human baseball. This is the real effect of the new generation era. A repo the man gob- called the repo man. The gobbledygooker. Gooper. <sighs> if yeah. Hector Guerrero still regrets putting on the Bloomin' Turkey costume. Anyway. I'm sure he does every day. <laughs> I, I'm sure he doesn't reg- regret the house it paid for, though. True. This is true. This is true. Um, it wasn't until he was uh, uh, seeing and getting uh, getting into the tape trading scene with a lot of FMW and Big Japan and IWA Japan that he was really getting back into his love for pro wrestling. And it wasn't until he started watching ECW that he really got back into it so much so that he did what I guess what a lot of people in North America at that time would do. He began wrestling in his backyard, making a makeshift <laughs> ring out of a trampoline and wrapping around the edges with barbed wire. <laughs> ah, it's nice to see that he was always on brand. <laughs> Where did he get the barbed wire? This oh, is he, because this is, because it's he new, was like, respectfully like, read, it's New Jersey. No, touche. You know what? Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Moving I, on. I'm sure someone just had a spool of like 50 meters or whatever. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. It was actually, funnily enough, a very similar way to how the Briscoes got their first gigs in wrestling yeah. is that Nick would use the tapes of him wrestling in his backyard to try and get bookings for wrestling matches on cards. It it didn't work for the first few years he was doing it, but it was until um, it was until he got in contact with a certain John Zandig that it started working. I would love to v- try and visualize what would happen in that brief meeting between. Zandig and a young Nick Gage. All I'm saying is a lot of expletives coming out of that room. Probably. <laughs> Just a lot of guttural F words coming out of the <laughs> pair of them. <laughs> and somehow they come out and they're both bleeding. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, as we all know, this gets us to CZW, his, uh, his most notable time in the world of professional wrestling. He's known, actually, being for being the very first CZW World Heavyweight Champion and, of course, being part of the infamous tag team, Hate Club. Before teaming with Nate Hatred, though, he did end up having a run with the tag championships with the aforementioned Zandig. Again, I can only imagine what that a tag team would have been like. Could you imagine traveling up and down the road and having to carpool with Zandig and Nick K, uh, Nick Gage, or Nick Cage See, for that matter? <laughs> I, just the idea of being in a confined space with Zandig terrifies me, <laughs> and that's not even because of like who he is as a person. I genuinely worry about what goes in his head. <laughs> I mean, we saw, we all saw a glimpse of it with that infamous promo. Yeah, that Zandig did. I mean, 
<laughs> it's, that's just a glimpse of the man. Jesus. Um, <laughs> but he also would have time uh, during his uh, early years would actually have notable run with the Iron Man title where he would have several, I guess the word is extremely violent matches with people like mm-hmm. Madman Pondo, Wife Beater, Lobo, uh, Sick Nick Mondo, and of course, one of the most notable uh, matches from this period with the Iron Man title was the very first 200 light tubes death match against the Wife Beater. Oh, I thought I will... I'd ever see I'd seen violence before I watched this match. <laughs> all I can remember is, first of all, they showed this match about midday, lunchtime, over in this country on the <laughs> wrestling channel, which already sends alarm bells ring. Unedited, by the way, so it was full on violence. So it was like, how are they getting away with this? Second of all, <laughs> I never knew two people could spill so much blood. <laughs> Sorry. I will always be reminded of the story from Tajiri about Zandig, which is, um, uh, I got to the ring and there were 300 light tubes um, and there was 150 people in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 that's, that sounds about right. That sounds about right. Going back to Hate Club, though, of course, their rivalries when they started out would be with teams like VD, uh, the Briscoe Brothers, and the Backseat Boys, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Who can't... I, I was going to say, shout-outs to Trent Acid and Johnny Cashmere. <laughs> <laughs> so together though with nate hatred they would end up uh winning their first uh tag titles against the original hate club of wife beta and justice pain they would eventually of course split up around 2003 hatred would go over to join messiah stable high v engaging hatred would end up embarking on one hell of a bloody feud against one another competing in so many stipulation matches right Tables matches, cage matches, barbed wire matches, dog collar matches, as well as a 200 barbed light tubes death cage match. matches. <laughs> I mean, do you want me to carry on that? <laughs> this, of course, would also spill over to CZW's relationship with Big Japan. Well, I say relationship. It was more like of an on-off relationship with Big Japan. Because every yeah. time that Zandig would go over to Big Japan, it was always a case of, I hate Big Japan. I'm never coming back here again. Three months later, Zandig <laughs> would announce another show at Big Japan. <laughs> I fucking hate you guys. Anyway, I'll be back next Tuesday. <laughs> I mean, that just sounds like any office job, really. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. It's 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 true. It's it's very very true. <laughs> this, of course, this uh, rivalry with hatred, of course, lead over into Cage of Death Five as part of Zine, uh, Team Zandig, which would take on the High V. If anyone's seen Cage of Death, what's the best way to describe Cage of Death, Dan? Uh, hell. <laughs> you know what? In the most well, literal sense, yes. <laughs> chaos, hell. Suffering, pain. I, I don't <laughs> think I would... Personally, I don't think I want to face Nick Nick Gage in a, in a place where it rhymes with his name. Like, I'm not yeah. doing that. <laughs> I'm not doing that. I mean, that just seems ominous to me. He's got an advantage. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the thing—the thing with Cage of Death is that, mm. like, it—it it 
goes beyond even like illogical extreme. <laughs> like you go into it and you're like, ah, okay, it's gonna get crazy. And the next thing you know, someone's doing like basically a one winged angel off a cage into into like, like glass. Yes. <laughs> and and you, just, you just you just you just kind of run with it. <laughs> and that's the tamest thing they had in CZW. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, have you seen? I, I, I hate to bring the guys up, na- uh, guys' name up again, but did you see that Zandig Nick Mondo spot? Yes. <laughs> That's I can't remember what event it is, but there's the one where um, oh, I can't remember his name. Where he does he does he does the assault driver off the back of a off the back of a truck. Yes, I think that was actually yeah, Zandig. He, he does it off the trailer of the truck um, onto the table with the light tubes on it. Yep. <sighs> It wouldn't surprise. I think that might have been Zandig again, Dan. No, it wasn't Zandig in it. You sure? <laughs> because it could have been. <laughs> it was someone. It was someone versus Nick Mondo. Ah. I'm fairly sure. Have to. But yeah, it, it, it's it's absolutely it's absolutely nutty. It's absolutely. And you nutty. just look at it and you're like, ah, okay, <laughs> I see. <laughs> <laughs> so it was at Cage of Death Five though that Hatred would actually turn on Messiah and Hive to rejoin Gage and reform Hate Club. Though they would they would regain the tag championships at this time, eventually losing to Blackout. But it was only at Cage of Death six that Nate, uh, Nick Gage would actually do the exact same thing to Nate Hatred and turn on him to join Justice Pain to form a tag team together. I think this is the first time as well that they actually acknowledged that Gage and Justice Pain were actually brothers as well, and they would go on to win the tag what? team championships as well. Sorry, sorry, Raiden. Sorry, no, that's right. Real quick, what is what is what is um Justice's story? Did did he decide to just go along with this, or was he was he oh, first? Oh no, he 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 went along with it because he was teaming with uh with Wife Beater at this time, and he turned on Wife Beater as well. No, I mean like in terms of like deciding to go into wrestling. It was basically the exact same thing with Nick. They came in around the same time. They trained. We're at CZW as well. And just actually, funnily enough, Justice Pain looked to be the one that would break out as well because he was a very jacked looking dude. He wore regular wrestling gear. His finisher was called, uh, oh, actually, was basically the Judgment Slam, which was an angle slam. But instead of landing the opponent on your back, he dumped them on hit their head. <laughs> oh, as you do. As you do, because you know, it's CZW. <laughs> Um, the pain thriller. The pain thriller. Yes, it was the Judgment Slam on SmackDown on the SmackDown games. Yeah. Yes, that move was actually in the SmackDown games. Believe it or not, it would be. <laughs> but no, Justice Pain looked to be the guy that would actually break out and go into the majors. But unfortunately for Justice Pain, um, he ended up um, committing suicide um, a few years ago um, after. After a high-speed pursuit chase with the police, it yeah, that's that's a whole different kettle of fish, of course, which also which yeah. is touched upon in Dark Side of the Ring. This I have I have no like I I don't know if I could go really deep into it because I don't think yeah. I'm the sort of person to go into true crime stuff. <laughs> but no, it's it was it ended up it ended up being that Nick ended up being, of course, the guy that really kind of broke out and become a a cult figure in the world of professional wrestling. Anyway, where was I? He was given um, the power of a fork. Yes, and a pizza cutter. <laughs> it turns out kitchen utensils work well for you to get over with a crowd. <laughs> Who knew? 
<laughs> Who knew? Anyway, so eventually, after losing the tag titles uh, along with Justice Payne, they would continue their feud with the tough, crazy bastards, the team of Necro Butcher and Toby Klein, <laughs> and would eventually, he would find himself in the finals of, uh, and around this time, would find himself in the finals of the Tournament of Death. The ch- uh, the uh, the triple threat final match would be Nick Gage versus Necro Butcher versus John Zandig. God damn it! <laughs> okay. Why is what? Why is this guy just? He just was everywhere at this. Oh, time. Zandig owned the company at this point, so he was going to. Uh, of course, he's going to book himself. Yeah. There it is. There. I got to make myself look strong, brother. <laughs> now, Ridden, this is the tournament of death, which, um, in particular, it gets talked upon in. Uh, dark side of the ring where nick gage got set on fire ah. um, and due to a box suplex couldn't put himself out <laughs> properly as he said though as he was quoted in saying i was told to duck and roll but duck and roll was doing jack shit for me <laughs> <laughs> just wow like I gotta ask, well, how much of um experience do you have watching like deathmatch wrestling? Is it something that you're like really into or like me? Yeah. Yeah. So I've gotten like especially into it over the last like couple years, last like two or three years. Um, I haven't gone back and like watched a lot of the older stuff. Um I've been trying to slowly. So like uh last week I watched TOS two. Um and uh yeah just like trying to get back into it um but have definitely been like following along the more recent death match um so i've been to the last two tournaments of sur- survival um you know been watching a lot of like icw no holds bards and um just trying to get into it a little bit more but i it's something that i get like very excited over for hmm. sure i i imagine like for cuz like this is it's the thing about Nick Gage is that I only really know Nick Gage, right? And the rest of it, I am just kind of like I like Nick Gage. He's an extremely compelling man, but the rest of this just looks insane, even for me. Yes, I. So I'm always fascinated by people's experiences, like actually watching it, like in real life. It's it's very interesting because like <clears throat> I feel like Nick Gage has been this like constant thread of my experience with Deathmatch. Mm-hmm. Um the first Deathmatch that I ever watched was Nick Gage and David Arquette. Oh, <laughs> oh I'm so uh, wow. so so you got so you got a historical moment, okay? <laughs> I did. I did. Um so that was the first one and then the first one that I ever saw live was when I went to see um, a Fight Club in 2021, and it was John Moxley and Nick Gage. Um, and so I've had a lot of like experiences involving Nick Gage. He also he, someone paid him to do a cameo for me, um, <laughs> yeah. which was like the sweetest video I've ever received. And he 
convinced me to quit my job. <laughs> <laughs> what? what? Wait, 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 wait. All I'm saying is it worked out in the end, really, didn't it? Worked it worked out like... in the end, yeah. Is it like he convinced you, he convinced you, like, I'll quit your job and get into a, a match with me right now? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was like, he was like, I heard that you're thinking about quitting your job and going, like, on your own. And, like, you know what, MDK members, we, like, look out for ourselves and you do you and like i believe in you because you're mdk but and i was just like you know what nick h i do believe in myself because you believe in me <laughs> um it was so inspirational and like very lovely <laughs> so is this is this an exclusive confirmation now that we know that most of your subscribers are mdk members now <laughs> i mean most of my subscribers are definitely wrestling fans. <laughs> I would say a solid 95%. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it makes it very fun for me because then I get to to talk about wrestling as work all the time. Yeah. You get, you get the perfect. You get the best of both worlds. You create spice, but you can also talk about wrestling. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Dang it, you heard it here. I'm quitting my job. No, I'm just kidding, everybody. <laughs> I've barely done a face reveal, so if I'm going to even... No, I'm not even trying that. <laughs> Although there would be one person here that wouldn't object. Ain't that right, Reardon? Mm -hmm. <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen, I have my brand. What can I say? <laughs> you, all you got to do is you got to discuss this with my girlfriend. That's all I'm saying. Oh, that's easy. Then it's happening. <laughs> that's easy as hell. Oh. Where were we? Oh, um, we're talking about Nick Gage, aren't we? Uh... Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Ultimately, he would lose that match because he carried on and had a several, like, he had a p uh, panes of glass uh, spot where he got suplexed, driven through several panes of glass, as well as a table uh, by Necro Butcher. And that uh, rivalry would carry on um, into uh, into the year. Eventually, he would end up... Uh... <laughs> He would end up uh, uh, fighting in a triple threat match again um, after cage after the seventh cage of death against Necro Butcher and JC Bailey for the Ultra Violent Underground Championship, which Gage would win that night. Uh, eventually, little funny offshoot thing because I went to watch go and watch all of the uh, CZW DVD releases that they had around this oh time. Eddie Kingston was commentator for all of these DVDs. Oh yeah, up until. <laughs> Uh, I think it was after Cage of Death 7 where they where <laughs> I don't know if it was John, I don't know if it was Brett who thought they had the brilliant idea of making Nick the colour commentator <laughs> for these CZW DVDs <laughs> all I'm saying is to ever, whoever had that idea yeah, thank you because <laughs> it becomes <laughs> unhinged basically after this point I mean how you heard was it Nick Gage on Nick Gage color commentary for I think it was GCW Backyard Wrestling. Yes, it's it's commentary. <laughs> it is. It, what is it like? Is it certainly commentary? Is that it? It is. It is in fact color commentary at a okay. wrestling event. Yeah, I can't necessarily say any of it is particularly relevant or particularly <laughs> insightful, but it it, it it indeed takes place. It is, it is something to behold. All I'm saying is if you can get a chance to watch or have a subscription to IWTV, Rid, and I highly recommend watching 2005 CZW up where, until the, the point where Eddie starts right. and Nick begins. The only way I can describe the Backyard Wrestling one is like, could you imagine listening to a director's commentary on a film, <clears throat> but at no point do they reference the film? 
<laughs> oh my god yes i can as a matter of fact the name <laughs> So, July 2006, Nick Gage wins his very first Tournament of Death at Tournament of Death 5, defeating the likes of Brain Damage, JC Bailey, and Drake Younger in the final round. <sighs> we don't talk about that certain yeah. person for obvious reasons. <laughs> uh, but it was shortly after this that um, Nick, I guess what's the word? started exhibiting really unusual behavior in and outside of the ring. Of course, when it comes to the cage of that, that's that very famous cage of death where um, Lufisto won the Iron Man title. Nick Gage mm -hmm. attacked Lufisto. He had several incidences backstage and in the ring with Zandig and Justice Payne. Um, I think the very the famous one that was the, that was in the dark side of the ring one was the one where he turned up. I think several I think it was like a couple of hours late to the show. He ended up being a bit weird in the ring with Justice Payne and Justice Payne kind of stiffed him in the finish and kind of walked off in, a, in quite a little bit of an anger at him. Um, on a number of occasions, he uh, he <laughs> he insulted the fans and tried to go them into, into, into fights. <laughs> and was particularly... You, you think Nick is unhinged like normally on commentary but even during this time for the recording of the dvds he was becoming what's the word um batshit insane yeah <laughs> off the chain <laughs> and so was removed from the commentary position because of some of the stuff he was saying during this time and then he ended up um after that he ended up making it to um uh that again the justice pain incident happened uh, he would leave the arena eventually before that final match, being replaced in the finals for the Ultraviolent Underground Championship between Justice Payne. Oh, God damn it. I've got to say his name again. And Drake Younger. Clear your throat. Just a big redacted. Just a, reda oh, There we go. Redacted. redacted. Thank you. Because <laughs> I don't like saying the man's name, God damn it. Even though, unfortunately, when you have to talk about deathmatch wrestling, his name comes up often because he is quite Sam, a prominent Sam, name in deathmatch wrestling. Sam, remember, no free clout. No. <laughs> Thank yes, you know, you know, no free was, clout. You know, when I had to edit Joseph's John Moxley video, the amount of times we had to bring up that person because jo him and John's careers are so intertwined. Must have been rough. Must it was then rough. at that point that me and Joseph said to each other, you know what we should just do? Clear up the air. When we get to that part, should we just call... He is a fucking nut job. <laughs> and we did it in bold letters. <laughs> so yeah, Drake Younger is a nut. Um, the amount of the amount of vitriol and backlash we got for posting that in the video as well was like incomprehensible. It's like, wait, you're defending this man? Despite the fact that he's absolutely like batshit insane, it's like, why are you booing me? I'm right. <laughs> no, exactly. Exactly. Anyway, where are we? Yes. Um, he would take some time out during this time. After that, after a couple of matches here and there, inconsistent showing up, uh, showing and not showing events. He would end up taking a brief of abs uh, leave of absence from CCW right up until. 2007 where he would make his return at the ninth cage of death to a rupturous applause defeating messiah and ruckus in a triple threat match to come 
uh, to become world heavyweight champion for a third time. This few, uh, this reign would last seven months as he would go on to defend his title against people like Danny Havoc, Devin Moore, Eddie Kingston, and Ruckus. Again, I have to... He lost it again to the person I shall not mention to redact it <laughs> in a tangled web death match, which is exactly what you think of it. it of it is, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's lots of barbed wire, really. Just just just, yeah. just yeah. far too many, yeah. just far too much barbed wire. <laughs> yeah, I figured. I figured as much. <laughs> and of course, I want to get straight on to ending up being his matches with John Moxley during this time. It was at Tournament of Death Eight. Um, Gage would end up having a really violent match against John Moxley and Scotty Vortex in the in the second round. Sorry, what a two thousand indie name, Scotty Vortex. How have I never heard of this brother before? Oh, he looked so two thousands, uh, Dan, because he wore kick pads and boxing shorts and had long hair. So I'm just saying, he looked like CM Punk, but wasn't CM Punk. <laughs> Wait, so is there a is there? <laughs> is, the, is, the, is he diet CM Punk? Is he oh, CM Punk light? You know I always say that CM Punk was basically a clone of Steve Carino. CM Punk Max. <laughs> that's it! That's it! That's Scotty, that's Scotty it. Vortex is a clone of the clone. That's what I was thinking of. Thank you, Dan. I was trying, like, I know there's one there. <laughs> oh, oh, there we go. Perfect. All right. Tournament of Death A. I want to bring Tournament of Death A up in particular because, of course, the final round would be him versus Tack Jack. Yes, this is the Tournament of Death where the final was a 200 light tube death match and only lasted three minutes because of quite possibly one of the most visceral moments in all of pro wrestling. <laughs> Thumbtack Jack would Irish whip Nick into the ropes, into the light tubes. The light tube shattered. Nick went straight through it, but they didn't shatter all the way as a matter of fact one of the serrated edges of the light tubes cut nick up something fierce (laughs) nick wanted to carry on with the match may i add absolutely bleeding like profusely bleeding (laughs) he was told on a number of occasions he is absolutely gushing blood in the back and it is on camera on the dvd release believe it or not as well where he's telling he's telling the people and the medical team can i just go out there can i please just go out there i don't care if you have to stop the match i just want to go out there so people can think i'm strong and i'm like dude you are bleeding out that is so wrestling (laughs) yeah (laughs) you are you are just you are your Chicago Bulls white jersey is now the away jersey at this point. (laughs) (laughs) So this, of course, leads to Nick Gage being airlifted to hospital uh, because if memory serves me correct, I think it was Brett said on the episode that they couldn't actually get an ambulance into DJ Hyde's back garden because it was being blocked up by trains. And everyone trying to leave the event, so they had to get him airlifted to hospital. And um, yeah, I believe that Nick Gage passed away for a few minutes. I think it was like, according to it, it's like he died. He was clinically dead for like twelve minutes or something like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> Which I this, love this seeing. Man I, 
technically shoot died for our sport. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) like, I do love, like, I do love um, John Moxley's um, recollection of the event when he was, when, like, during the Dark Side of the Ring, because it's kind of like John Moxley, a man who has gone through some shit. Yes. Happily. It's like, no, 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 you don't understand. The brother was dead. <laughs> like, he, that's that's how hardcore this man is. He was dead. And then he, but he's, a, he's he got better. <laughs> like, Do you want to know how quick he got better, Reardon? Yeah, that's actually a question. How quickly did he? He made back? a full recovery and was back one week later at CZW Best of the Best. Oh, of course. Oh, of <laughs> this, course. This, this, this is like peak wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> this man clinically died the week before and was like, I've got to make my bookings. <laughs> it's, just I, a plus it's fine. No worries. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> just, just, just I the... get announced clinically dead. I'm taking like nine months away from working before I go back. I'm taking every second I can get. <laughs> Nick Gage is like, how can I play this into a storyline with Thumbtack Jack? It's, yeah, man dies when he's like, but I've got but I've got Netflix to watch, so I'm going to just I, rock this I up. may have died last week, but the heat will be unreal if I come back. <laughs> but also you what? would have to pay for that airlift, and mm. that stuff's not cheap. Oh god, I didn't even think about that. I was gonna say Brett was like we've gotta cover the airlift costs. I was gonna say, <laughs> did you do you think that Brett, DJ Hyde, Zadig, they all chipped in? <laughs> no, yeah. I, I mean there's there's gotta be like there's there's gotta be like the weirdest GoFundMe ever out there for this. I died via light tube. Can you donate to the hospital costs, please? <laughs> I think you know what I think because like watching it and then like hearing these guys, I think it was that moment where I was like, "Yo, I think I might love this dude," because yes. like who dies? <laughs> like who dies and comes back? Not even the Undertaker's done that, and that's his whole gimmick. Oh yeah, he takes. I was gonna say he takes months out to before he yeah, comes yeah, back. Yeah, that man takes a literal year out. <laughs> to recover. Meanwhile, <laughs> Mr. MDK is just out here dying. It, remi- it reminds me of the things which are like um to to go in like the grand the grand summary of things. It was like I- I'm trying to remember exactly who it was. It was a basketball player, mm. and he missed like two weeks of games because like. He'd like bent his finger back or something, mm. and then literally like two days after, two days afterwards, there was a thing from a rugby game where a guy got like cleaned through, and was mm. like, "Look, I might be concussed right now, but I reckon I can make a tackle if I go back on." <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like some of these worlds. And some people are just so gonzo. Yeah. <laughs> that I people... can't even conceptualize it. You know what I think what gets me the most and what's fascinating about all of this and Nick Gage's story is the idea that like he's not he's not an edge where he loved wrestling as a kid and wanted nothing more to do with it. This is a man who literally like more or less fell into it. And not even at like I mean, I guess a professional level, but I'm not. I'm not quite sure 
I don't what, know, calling yeah. CZW in the two from like two thousand two yeah. to like two thousand eight professional is a statement. Yeah, but you know, but uh, yeah, but no, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah, he's on like the border, and yet will literally like die for this shit. Kind of says something about him that I would lo- I would love to just sit down and kind of go like, what about this is is worth dying for? And I'm not and I'm not saying that to be mean. I'm saying that because I legitimately want to know your philosophy on this. <laughs> it's rough. Every it's time that I like nick myself shaving in the shower, <laughs> and I'm just in like inc- like incredible pain from it. Mm. I just think about like wrestlers going into a shower after getting like a hundred light tubes and just having all those small cuts and how painful it must be. Yeah. And I just can't imagine the mind frame that you have to be in to be like, yeah, I'm going to do this again. Yeah. <laughs> over and over and over. See, this is, this, this is my thing because it's like, I don't know if it's one of those weird things just because of how how my body is, but I'm like, like my friends who have done wrestling training are like, yeah, it hurts. And I'm like, yeah, I think I could cope with that though. But like the moment I'm there and I'm like, I just don't think, I just don't think I could, my body could take any of the <laughs> stuff of like doing, doing a death match. Yeah. Just like, <laughs> sure, surely it is like a state of mind thing. Yeah, because yeah. it's like you like I'm like if I got like real talk if I got cracked on the back by a with with a light tube, my first reaction is to immediately go into shock for yeah. like two minutes. Like I, I I'm the light tube. I... <laughs> <laughs> the, the the one the one for me is always barbed wire. I don't know yeah. how you can do it. Yeah. Well, especially when it gets like so caught in your skin that you you can see them like trying to pull it away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like they're so like I said, I watched like TOS two last week, and there's a spot where like Marcus Crane gets like these pigeon um, skewers in his back. Yeah, and it's probably in there a solid five inches. Mm. and he's pulling it out and i'm just like i just the 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 mindset and like the adrenaline that you have to have to be able to basically pull a metal skewer out of your body and then keep going yeah yeah something tells me we're gonna have to put a little content warning on this yeah. uh, this episode. <laughs> <laughs> At least, at least we don't talk about the the Nick Bondo weed whacker spot. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, we won't talk about that. We talk about that. <laughs> We're not talking about that one. Talking about violence, um, <laughs> Nick Gage would end up uh, <laughs> would end up taking arms with the Switchblade conspiracy that the team Ciao. of Sammy Callahan and John Moxley to take on uh, the new CZW owner DJ Hyde. Ah. <laughs> And uh, yeah. he Hyde would replay in response. Hyde replaced himself in the upcoming ninth tournament of death to replace himself with John Zandick. <laughs> what an inspired choice! Exactly, <laughs> exactly, and it worked because Gage would be beaten. Uh, would be beaten by Zandig in a Pains of Glass match. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. If you've ever seen that one, because that one's nuts. Genuinely, 
nuts. Um, <laughs> so a couple of more things before we get to 2010. Um, Gage would eventually go over to Big Japan for a little bit of time after after an interval between CCW and Big Japan of 10 years uh, to compete with uh, Jun Kasai and DJ Hyde. Incredibly based. It is an incredibly based match. If you've ever seen anything with Nick Gage and Jun Kasai. Um, I can only imagine the horrors that can be created. <laughs> he would eventually go up and face Thumbtack Jack for the ultra-violent underground championship in a no-roped barbed wire match at Cage of Death. Jack would come out as the victor, only to be attacked by JC Bailey in the most violent way possible, because of course... <laughs> Outside of CZW, though, during this time, he would also take part in the Mid-South King of the Deathmatch tournament, only competing in four of them, never winning one, if memory serves me correct. There would, of course, be a CZW versus IWA Mid-South angle, uh, which was going on at the time. Gage was a prominent I can only imagine what the locker rooms were like for that event. <laughs> um, if it was anything like 2002, yeah. <laughs> IWA Mid-South, I can only disgusting. imagine... D- d- disgusting and i want to get checked for a f- for a staph infection after <laughs> i've done <laughs> i've got a bad case of mercer just from taking a bump in the ring <laughs> anyway i say bringing up it, this leads us all to 2010 and a uh, a little blip in nick's career um so what was nick doing at this time <laughs> Well, turns out that Nick was actually going through hard times. Uh, money was drying up. He wasn't making as much money from the bookings. Unfortunately, addiction had taken a hold of Nick. And I think it was in the Dark Side of the Ring episode that it's yeah. quite telling. The The medical system in in over in America is really messed up that you can go into any sort of clinic and just say, I've got a back problem, and they won't check you for it, and they'll just give you the prescription. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Once again, the true heal, the American... Yeah. <laughs> the American health system. Of which I will be here, of which I will be here and say, um, there's some brilliant documentaries out there right now about the American opioid crisis and where it started. So, yeah, I mean, I'm interested. They are out there. I highly recommend The Pharmacist, which is on Netflix. We say this is free people from the UK and we say about our medical system. Let's just say that our government is trying to run it to the ground so that we can have we can have like the exact I'm, same I'm, system I'm not, as America. I'm not be there and every, everything's rosy, but like, <laughs> yeah, everything, everything is absolutely not. But we ain't there. We ain't there. So anyway, so, yes. All of this being said, Nick unfortunately was homeless at this time and decided that the only way to be able to um, make some money uh, was to rob a PNC bank in New Jersey. Two day, I think it was three days before Christmas um, and got away with um, approximately $3,000. Um, following the said rob- uh, robbery, Gage and his girlfriend would end up going to Atlantic City to gamble it all, to gamble uh, with it. As a matter of fact, I think he also brought he t- said he bought a pair of Air Jordans as well. Um, you know what? But it's gambling and jo- Jordans. Now he's here... just like me for real. Okay, so we at the Sweet Chain Rally Podcast do not condone arms robbery. <laughs> we do not condone I never it. Knew in that any... was a disclaimer that we'd ever have to do. Yeah, neither, neither did I, but we do not condone it. 
that being said, <laughs> I think he had his priorities straight. <laughs> All I say is, I think I quote what John Moxley said. The man famous for wearing a bandana to the ring didn't have a bandana <laughs> on the robbery. That look right. Like that line just like lives in my head rent free. Like <laughs> just his delivery of it is incredible. But just like, yeah, Nick, what were you what were you thinking, buddy? Like <laughs> oh. um what the <clears throat> Sam, it's the it's the tweet from uh Damo, is it? Some wrestlers are just fucking stupid. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) (laughs) It's the funniest thing of all of that. He spent all the money, got new Jordans, gambled it in Atlantic City. He meets with Brett and says, all right, I think I'm ready to turn myself in now. And so... It's such a heartwarming. I, I, it's, it's, I know, but armed robbery. Heartwarming story with Brett is that he said, "Okay, so before I handed him, I dropped him at the police station. I went to Burger King. I got him his favorite, which is a Whopper, <laughs> and we sat and ate and chatted. Got to the station, and I dropped him off, and he handed himself in. Like part of that though is like, like obviously, you know, committing armed robberies is not good." By the way, I don't but... think he was actually armed as oh. well. Like he he said he was armed. Like he, oh. he he alluded he was armed. I don't think he actually was armed. Oh, okay. okay. I mean, do you know what? You know what? That makes a lot of sense because love you Nick Gage, the man looks like he's armed. <laughs> the man straight up looks like he is armed at all times. I mean, he grew up in New Jersey. Exactly. So... <laughs> but like the 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 thing of him being there, robbing a bank, being like, "I'm gonna buy some Jordans. I'm gonna go gamble in Atlantic City. Then I'll hand myself in <laughs> after a whopper." That's the most important part. <laughs> hey, the dude wants to go into jail happy. What can I say? <laughs> so yeah, you gotta be. You don't know when your next meal's gonna be. Yeah. I mean, exactly. You gotta be full. I'd want to feel better about myself if I was in that situation. Exactly. If a whopper is all he wants. Get the man his whopper. Yeah. <laughs> so, Gage was charged with second degree robbery in um in April uh, the 29th of 2011. Sentenced to five years. His plea was part of the agreement for a lesser sentence. Eligible for parole in uh, 2015. Uh, after serving 85 percent of his five year sentence, which he was granted, released. Um, of course, he was violent. He violated parole shortly after. Was reincarcerated and served the the, the rest of the term that he had. Released in twenty sixteen, uh, he would return to CZW though in twenty fifteen, making his uh, no, was it twenty fourteen? Sorry, at, at Tournament of Death thirteen. Um, in what I can say is he got <laughs> he got um. What is it? What what what's the uh prison jacked? That's the one. He got prison jacked at that time. He the dude was fucking huge. <laughs> tournament of death. I think that's the first time he actually ever wrestled without a shirt on as well because he got so jacked. So I mean, what what do you do? What do you do with your time there? I guess you just you just yeah. hit the weights, I guess. You hit the weights. You probably play some basketball. I don't know if I don't know if Nick Gage plays basketball. That's a that's a thing I've been led to believe happens in American prisons. Same. For some reason, I, I keep thinking books, but I don't yeah. know that Nick's a big 
a big philosophy reader guy. You, you know? know, I I have a feeling that he I'm probably would two minds. I would two minds on that actually. <laughs> I think either he's I think he's either like an avid book reader or he doesn't care for him at all. I I think it's either or. I, I like to get I like to think that Nick's favorite book when he was in prison was Holes. Because <laughs> he because he related to it so much. <laughs> I, no, can you imagine it? I can see. I can imagine him like just out there, just like sat on a bench reading holes, going, "Man, I re- I relate to Zero so much." <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! Shout out to uh, Cleo Thomas, by the yeah. way. <laughs> yeah, like he's 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 in prison. He he has been working on himself. He may or may not have read. <laughs> cannot confirm. And then, like. The essence of what I can only imagine is the kind of pop that you could get from a hardcore promotion from being released from prison. Only CZ, only in CZW. I'm just yeah. saying, only in CZW. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This though brings us to Game Changer Wrestling. He's uh, he's basically he's brand new home uh, after Game Changer got um, taken over by Brett Lauderdale because it was formerly Jersey Championship Wrestling, if memory serves me correct. Yeah. And so, of course, uh, Nick get, comes into Game Changer Wrestling. Uh, we won't talk about the time he was reincarcerated because there was supposed to be the Nick Gage Invitational Tournament, which he didn't show yeah. up to the Invitational Tournament because he he violated his parole agreement and was reincarcerated. God damn it, Nick. No, but he would come back in 2017 uh, to end up winning the tournament, uh, the second tournament of survival, defeating Matt Tremont in the finals. And would start that would be the start of a ma- trilogy of matches between the two. Um, if you've not seen them, highly recommended. Gage yes. and Tremont are, are nuts together, but they make ultra-violent magic, if you ask me. <laughs> I don't know what it is with with Trayman. It's just like, just some something about him. He just he just gets it. Yes. Like, uh, no. mm. and Matt Tremont's never. I I would say Matt Tremont, as as a, as a competitor, quite like Nick, has never had a bad match against anyone. Whether it would be, ultraviolet match, death match, or even just a straight up, like wrestling clinic. Like Matt Tremont's had great matches with Chris Hero, uh, Keith Lee. Just recently, just this morning, uh, I ended up catching a glimpse of Nick Gage's match with Zack Sabre Jr. <laughs> Which is, again, awesome. He was in Bloodsport for crying out loud, was Nick yeah. Gage. <laughs> he knows He knows when to grapple. That's all I'm saying. That's the, that's the thing, though. Because um, was it they had the interview of him recently where he was like, like I do the hardcore stuff, but I kind of just prefer to wrestle people. <laughs> yeah. Which is always interesting. Like I wonder if he regrets, you know, falling into this kind of niche in the way that, like, you know, some actors are like, "Oh, I'm always in rom coms, or I'm always in yeah. films, or whatever." I wonder if he's like a little disappointed that he kind of ended up getting like pigeonholed in deathmatch because of his, you know iconic status in it um but he clearly has a lot of love for you know traditional like yeah just just catch can and and whatnot um exactly yeah but however i think it was i think dan when we were discussing 
uh, deathmatch stuff. It was like you discussed it as being an art form in of itself. Yeah, there's a particular there is there, a... there, there there's there's a level of understanding that goes into how to do a deathmatch. Mm. Yeah, because the... I mean, there's so much at stake, right? Yeah, like, yeah. there's. I think that's the thing that I love about it. And, and it's it's what I love about wrestling in, in general. And like, I'm not, I don't like MMA. I don't like boxing because I don't uh, like legitimately yeah. fighting mm. each other. And yeah, there's yeah. so much, I mean, obviously with Deathmatch, you're going to be getting hurt. But the, the, the level of respect and trust that you have to have in another person to know that you're going to ultimately be safe after doing these like incredibly dangerous, you know, spots. Yeah. Um, uh, just I, so much respect for for the people who are doing it. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm 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 right there with you, Willow. I cannot watch boxing or or mm. MMA at all. I have tried, and I'm like, nah. There's just something mm. about it. That just it just it just feels wrong. It's and yeah. it kind of it kind of says a lot that death. That between death matches and MMA, death matches are the one where you can see them respecting the other person. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, to be fair, as I've said many times, the world of MMA and combat sports is full of absolute chuds. So, <laughs> like, it it, yeah. it, it it get it gets rough. Um, but yeah, no, death matches absolutely are not. And I think the problem the problem with it is that most, well, most people that are like outside observers to death matches just see it as like violence for violence's sake mm. and the problem is that's bad deathmatch <laughs> yeah that's like mm. when memeing about iwa mid-south that's what they were doing it was like how many things can we stick in this ring and make people crash into in 20 minutes mm. yeah mm. not good like i i don't know i mean we've been talking about matt tremont a little bit and i know that this is a nick gage episode but um have you seen match of Matt Tremont versus Neil Diamond Cutter. Yes. And I like I watched it and I was like, this is beautiful. Mm. Yeah. Like there was something so like, yeah, just like almost ethereal about it. And like mm -hmm. seeing the emotion on both of their faces after the fact and like the camaraderie and the uh, the yeah, just like the the beauty of it was just like made me a little emotional like i will just, i will yeah. say to anyone out there that has not seen it yet junkasai versus elvis barato takataichi despomania oh yes beautiful. that's another one where and that, it, that's pure emotion in that match and yeah. the, the thing i talk about it is like good death matches just use it to accentuate everything it makes everything more dramatic mm. And it's like that. Um, if you want to think about it in like very artsy terms, that like glory and beauty and violence kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, and that's that's what's so good about it. But it's why I love guys like um, Sam. Will know who I'm talking about. You know, Masashi Takeda. Yes, <laughs> who just is this guy that does these crazy matches and just like does spots where he's put skewers in his own head, <laughs> and then just. They had him at Bloodsport one year, and dude's just a legit shoot wrestler. Yep. And was like a high school champion in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it. 
It's the, it's yeah, always the people. It's so good. It, it's always the wrestlers you don't expect. That's all I'm saying. It's always the wrestlers you, this, you don't expect. You see this guy walk out in like fucking cargo shorts and knee pads, <laughs> and he's got scars all over his back. And knocks and out ne- Jonathan then, Gresham with a knee. And then, <laughs> and, then, and then, and then, literally, next thing you know, he's just he's just doing a takedown from a clinch, and I'm just like, uh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. It's time has come to talk about this, and I feel like this is going to take over a big chunk of this. We get to 2018. It's Joey Janela's LA Confidential, and talking of trust. It's Nick Gage versus David Arquette for the GCW World Championship. Even this is the thing, though. This is the thing, though. You need to trust the people you're in the ring with. Yeah. And the moment your mind drops out of that is when things go wrong. Yeah. Yes. And I know people give Nick shit about this, but the thing he kept saying to Arquette was, just trust me. I know what I'm doing. Yes. Mm. Um, that match, I went back and watched it for this, uh, for this episode is, it's actually incredible. <laughs> oh, well, they pulled that match off. Yeah. Um, Arquette especially, um, cause you could tell two minutes in, um, and I think the very first light tube spot, um, there was some, there was a lot of fear in him. And then as soon as that light tube spot happened, there was, you could see a fear, bit of the fear go, but there was the adrenaline part of, oh, fuck, 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 fuck. I've got to go. I've got to go. I'm going. I'm going. I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> but they yeah. realized, oh, wait, no, 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 no. He said, I could trust him. He said, I could trust him. Cool. Cool. And then, of course, as, as said in uh, the Dark Side of the Ring episode, when David said, Nick, please just don't go for my face. <laughs> and Nick gets kind of lost in the moment, as Nick yeah. Gage does. And so what does he do? He, he takes the pizza cutter to the face. Oh gosh, darn it! And then, of course, there is the very infamous uh, light tube spot uh, mm. where Nick goes to do, of course, as he always does with a light tube, stab it into the to the head of his opponent to just kind of gig them a little bit. But David hesitated a little too much, and the dude ended up ah getting it in the throat. Oh, right in the throat, right yeah. next to that jugular. Oh. I mean, he was lucky that he did at least do the double leg takedown straight after, because... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but dude, you got to trust the dude. Well, at least, you know, for Nick, he did get a sweet payday getting a double bed mattress, I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I just find that so funny. He take David takes him out for a steak dinner, goes over the match, says, just says, trust me. All that happens and afterwards, he just says, can you just get me a mattress? <laughs> And what does David Arquette do? He gets him a mattress. I feel like that death match, correct me if I'm wrong, was just a lot of uh, was research into Dewey's death in in screens. <laughs> <In screen. Yeah. laughs> I'm just saying, I mean, David had to get prepared for what would happen. <laughs> but no, what else could like we say about that match that already hasn't been said? <laughs> like so here's one like one um weird like trivia fact that i didn't realize until i watched the david arquette documentary which if you haven't seen it i actually really enjoyed it Um, it's been on the list for a bit yeah yeah I, i i quite liked it um it definitely is you know skewed towards making you 
you know, like David, um, and <laughs> it did its job, its job well, because I was like, I cried like three times and I was like, I love you, David, I can't. Um, but uh, Jungle Boy and Luke Perry were there and they're the ones who took David Arquette to the hospital. Damn. Oh, wow. And because like him and Luke Perry were really, really good friends. Yeah. And like Jungle Boy was starting to get into, you know, wrestling at the time and stuff. And so he was at that show. And yeah. mm. I just think that that's so interesting that like, like as a little tidbit of, of you know, history from that match is that, yeah, he was he was escorted to the hospital by Jungle Boy Jack Perry and Luke Perry. <laughs> and uh, we can confirm that Christian wasn't there saying, fuck your dad. <laughs> in his little turtleneck. Christian, Christian's in his turtleneck right now, just looking up, just going, is David Arquette's dad still alive? <laughs> Oh, gosh darn it. Gosh darn it. As a matter of fact, I think Jungle Boy was on that card, and I think he faced Tony Deppen, I think, in okay. that card. It's f- funny enough, the great Sasuke was on that card, facing DJZ <laughs> as well. <laughs> and so was D'Lo Brown. He was facing Ethan Page. What was he doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was in a singles match with Ethan Page <laughs> in that card. Fascinating. Yeah, we had... Uh... The Great Sasuke versus DJZ, Tony Deppin versus Jungle Boy, Hardcore Holly versus Brody King. <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> no, it's true. Oh, it's true. Yeah. It's damn true. Gosh. Oh, man. That... What a card. What a what card. A... So, course, yeah. Uh, yeah. Nick Gage at this time is huge. Uber over. Having a huge reign as world champion at this point. Uh, I think he ended up actually having the longest title reign in GCW history with 722 days, eventually losing it in December of 2019, though he would end up uh, regaining that title, defeating Ricky Shane Page at the spring, at Joey Janela's spring break in 2021 in a really good match. Of course, this leads us to July and leads us to GCW homecoming where he had one hell of a freaking match with Matt Cardona. Oh, that Cardona match. If I'll, I'll say this right. Matt Cardona was on, like, is, if you ask me, is on the career, like, his career oh. run. Since oh, yeah. Leaving the, like, leaving WWE and the run he's had in GCW especially, I just feel like he's been his best work. He's so good at what he does. Like, He's just so incredible at getting heat mm. and just like his character work. And it, it's, it's, it's made better by the fact that I think he's actually like a really good guy. Um, and just seeing him play that role so well and just like being kind of just like taking on the, the death match King, like, you know, <laughs> persona and everything it's just it's just been so fun to watch yeah 
that homecoming match, I, I always say to people, I don't think Matt Cardona didn't didn't need to necessarily have a death match to kind of prove that he was like he was good and you know he had a really good career. But the fact that he did and went in there with Nick Gage and went toe to toe with him was like no that 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 superseded all the expectations I think everyone ha- had of you, Matt. <laughs> he yes. knew what he needed to do. Yeah. He wore all white, so he knew exactly what he needed oh, he, to do. Oh, oh, that's a man who understood the assignment. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just so iconic, like the the amount of people just throwing everything, just like yeah, wonderful. <sighs> that, that visual of Matt Cardona winning the title and all of that trash being thrown on top of mm-hmm. it. <laughs> It's just again, ah man, you miss having like guttural reactions like that from crowds. Mm-hmm. Well, so it happened again at COS a couple of weeks ago mm. when Blake Christian ran in and got the title off of Masha, and I was a little cranky because someone someone spoiled it for me because someone was like, something's going to happen. That's going to be a Cardona moment. And I don't want to be anywhere near the ring when it happens. Yeah. And I was like, what could it be? And the only thing I could think of was Blake's getting the title. Yep. Um, and sure enough, he did. And that's exactly what happened. Everyone was throwing drinks at him. I, I threw a little water bottle because I was like, I'm I'm getting into this. Um, but uh, yeah, just having those moments of like proud not even reaction like just like it's more than that like it, it it's just yeah it's it's incredible to be in in a room when something like that happens exactly i can't imagine just the amount of vitriol to be in a crowd there to just have everyone from, the, the same reaction of everyone just throwing stuff at them. yeah <laughs> so would you believe one week later after the matt cardona match uh, uh homecoming that he would end up having his match against Chris Jericho. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that that's, the, that's the cycle goes crazy. Yeah. And this is where, of course, AEW got Domino's very angry. <laughs> <laughs> what, an, so what, an, what an amazing moment. What an amazing <laughs> little moment. All I'm saying is to the vision mixer and the guy out in the production truck. I bow to you, sir, for figuring. You understood the assignment. Exactly. I, I'm like God. I wish I was have been in. I wish I had been. Have I never? I've never wanted to be in an advertising room more than at that <laughs> moment because I would have absolutely gone like, no, 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 guys, you don't understand. Do you have any idea how much pizza we could be selling right now? <laughs> you, you have no concept if we just roll with this. Because what my favourite part is, I reckon that the the executives at Domino's were shitting bricks. Yeah! <laughs> they were losing their minds. No, like, like, our brand has just been put next to this guy being really violent on TV. What are we going to do? We, Meanwhile, we... just wrestling fans, like, about probably about a million people all over the world watching AEW just like yes 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 <laughs> it's it's some it's some 70 year old typing in nick gage and google for the first time and just seeing the words armed robbery and having a stroke <laughs> just like oh man that's this it. Is the thing though right 
because for a lot of people, this was their first exposure to Nick Gabe. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember this very vividly because I have a group of friends who are all wrestling fans. They very much stay within the confines of WWE and AEW. They don't they don't really extend out much much further. This is their first time seeing this guy. <laughs> and that them trying to understand why I am so excited for this just this dude turning up in cargo shorts with a pizza car. <laughs> and why I'm like, yes, this is the greatest moment of my life. <laughs> just oh man. I love this match. It's yeah. it, it is it is it is fun. Is it, is it even actually good? I don't even know, and I don't care. <laughs> I think it's I think it's a good match. I think it's like it has one of the is... most cleanest glass pain spots I've ever seen. Oh hell yeah, yeah! Like it's a it's a moment where like everyone. This is gonna sound really harsh, and I and I don't quite mean it this way, but I'm gonna say it. It's 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 back in the time when Chris Jericho was actually trying. And that and that sounds very harsh, considering that I am a Chris Jericho apologist. But you know what I mean. It feels yeah, like yeah. it feels like when he's really like I think because this was the time where we thought that oh he might actually be retiring soon, and so he's yeah. just getting he's getting everything he wanted. He's he's crossing everything off of the bucket list. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And this is before he corrupted Daniel Garcia's career. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, I remember I remember thinking that the last person because it was like a, a five um hmm. you know five week long or whatever um challenge of different opponents and everything. And I remember being so certain that at one point it was going to be Lance Storm. Yeah. And that yeah. they were going to have their final match. Oh, that would have been something. <laughs> Yeah. I, don't know. I mean, I don't know. I would have think Lance would have been up for it. But that's just me. <laughs> I mean, originally, one of the labors was actually going to be Chris Hero. Oh. Again, yeah. Like, I wish. I wish. Actually, no. Shout out to Chris Hero. He was backstage at Collision. I really hope they give him a job there. Because... Yes, they, they, yeah. said they, they said they want him on the production team. I was going to say, you put him on a trial basis. Well, excuse me, you're putting Chris Hero on a trial basis. <laughs> <laughs> I beg your pardon. Anyway, where are we? Uh, yeah, yes. no, this this match is awesome. Uh, I think it's really cool as a way of serving people like deathmatch light. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think AEW's been doing a good job of that in general. Like, yeah. they've, they've done a lot of hardcore matches and, yeah, a lot of, like, deathmatch light, especially, like, with Moxley being there and everything. Mm. Um, I think... Dude, um, um, the... Um... The Brit Baker Thunder Rosa match. Ooh, oh yeah. yeah. Um, but I think it's really cool, and it like it, it, it it's good at giving you a summary of like, <laughs> this is who Nick Gage is. <laughs> he turns up to the ring. He has a pizza cutter with him, and he's gonna go for a pane of glass at some point. Mm. That's all. That's you like you're know. you're playing the hits. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the most recent history over the past year with going on with uh, with with Nick and over in GCW. He ended up teaming with Matt Tremont to defeat the Briscoes for the GCW Tag Championships uh, in a really, really violent but awesome tag match. Briscoes would eventually win, regain those back in August of 2022. Mm. Um, 
I love the fact that Nick Gage and Matt Tremont called themselves the New Hate Club, but that's just me. That's just yeah. playing to my that's just playing to my uh, my CZW heart there. And of course, at the fight at Fight Club in October uh, last year, he would end up winning the GCW World Championship for a third time against John Moxley. Now, you did say you were there, weren't you, Willow? Correct from earlier. Well, I was there for the first Fight Club that they had. Um... Mm but not um not that one where nick won like not mm. the one that they were outside uh, yeah. and they had like AEW interference yes yeah. <laughs> no all i can remember about that rivalry between nick and john was just like this is everything i just want and then some <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> they had a blood they had some really awesome matches and i think this was it was this before or after John had entered rehab, I can't. It must have been. A, it was after. It was after. Yeah, it was after because I remember him just firing on all cylinders at this point after coming back from rehab, <laughs> and then some, and then to end up being GCW World Champion, which I think was a surprise to so many people, like myself included. It's like, wow, that, that, I, I, you know what? Fair play to John because this is everything he wanted when leaving WWE. This, this was the thing because the because <clears throat> everyone was like, oh well, is he going to be able to keep? GCW schedule and like uh, AEW gonna have a problem. Seemingly, there was no problem at all. <clears throat> no, just see, like yeah. the, the 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 only problem was the person who came back at Collision. No, <laughs> that's AEW anyway. <laughs> so one of the one of the things that like um I remember thinking because it, it it was a title versus career match. Yes, and I was so so certain that Nick was. Going going to retire but the day it was either the day of the show or the day before AEW released a statement saying that they were going to um that their roster wasn't really going to be doing indie shows anymore mm. and so I was like oh Nick Nick's yeah yeah <clears throat> um and I think that that it was a little bit because they GCW had announced Mox's return before AEW did, mm. and in my in my mind this was a little bit of a, all right, you guys stole our thunder on this, we're going to steal yours on that. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's actually no. Can't... Wrestling has a history of being petty enough for that to be the reason. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. But that match is. Go back if anyone can go back and, and watch it um, in any way, shape, or form. Not condoning that sort of behavior. Uh, I recommend it because it's actually a really good <clears> match. <throat> Again, it's just the, it's just the pair of them in on top form. Moxley on the run of his life uh, at that time when he really should have been on holiday. Uh, <laughs> is he still going to be like? No, he still hasn't taken that holiday, has he? I, I don't, don't think, think he properly has. I don't think he. I don't think he's ever taken that, that holiday. Is gone. That's I never bet whatever happened. airline he booked on hate him right now because every week he calls up and it's like, <laughs> look, I need to move it again. I think that's part of the reason why Renee just said, oh, screw this. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just signing for the company now because I can't be bothered <laughs> at this point. <laughs> but no, that match was incredible. And again, both men on absolutely top form as per usual, doing their own thing. And at least we can end on a good note that Nick is still doing his thing, still putting on some banner matches. As I said, most recently had had one hell of an unexpected good match with Zack Sabre Jr. of all people. 
<laughs> I, I have seen Nick Gage pile, give Zack Sabre Jr. a pile driver onto, onto thumbtacks on a chair on top of some thumbtacks. <laughs> you know, you know. Actually, while we're while we're at it, sh- shout out to Nick Gage's girlfriend. I don't know if they'd like if you forgot to nothing, but like shout shout out to her. She is a real one. Yes. Like. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> I cannot be. I cannot imagine a more stressful thing <laughs> than being the partner, the romantic partner to Nick MDK Gage, like. I mean, she's she's right there in the thick of it because, as we all know, her girl, uh, his girlfriend, has been in has been in the crowd for many a tournament of death at GCW. So- <laughs> yeah, just watched her man go at it. Like, sh- shout shout out to you, girl. I hope you're having a good day. <laughs> oh, so I guess the final kind of like in closing, I guess we could like our final thoughts on all of this on the life and career of Nick Gage. Um, Dude has had a hell of a career. Dude has had some very close calls <laughs> being in that ring. But somehow, for it all, for 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 Deathmatch Wrestling being very stigmatized, I'd say, in the industry, which is silly, if you ask me, the fact that he's become a cult icon as well in the world of professional wrestling, I think, shows just how much of a drawing power he has in professional wrestling. Yeah. I mean, like being, like I said, you know, I've been to a few GCW shows and he's, he's been on almost every single one that I've, I've been to, except for the one in Toronto, which I I was like, "Mm, I don't think that he's allowed in the country. Um, (laughs) (laughs) What did he do? show, Um, But there's literally nothing, nothing like that entrance. Like mm-hmm. the minute that you hear those bells and having the energy, like people are still so invested in Nick Gage. And it's, you know, it's, we've been talking, it's, it's been, it's been a minute <clears throat> and people are still just as excited to see him, to, to, you know, hype him up before the match to like Emil's, you know, I have to give a shout out to MLJ, like his introduction of Nick on all the GCW shows is also so iconic. Mm. And I think really like continues his like overall the like making Nick seem, you know, so much larger than life. And it, yeah, it just that energy every time is just it, it's intoxicating. Like it really is. Seldom rare you find a wrestler or a performer that can still get a reaction like that from a crowd yeah. nowadays. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy that it's Nick Gage as well is the one that's doing that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, final thoughts from you, Dan and Reardon. Just a fascinating figure, just an utter like, just an utterly com- like a really compelling dude. I think that's kind of the, the interesting thing about, and maybe that I, I'm sure Dan, you could probably like, yeah, you could probably show me, you could probably teach me. But out of all of like the people in like the the deathmatch milieu, there's nothing. There's none of them are just as a, just 
an interesting, as interesting a man as Nick Cage is. There's just something about the way he, the way he conducts his business that just, it's just, it just, it just works. It just works perfectly. What a man completely tied and perfect for the scene he's in. Hmm. I think that's the thing because, like, there are obviously people I can talk to you about in like the deathmatch scene and be like, "Hey, here's this guy. He is interesting for this reason, this reason." <laughs> but I think the thing for a lot of deathmatch fans, but also just some wider wrestling fans as well, is that in many ways, Nick Gage just does feel like a guy. <laughs> <clears throat> like, like. The best way to put it is, he just feels like a real one. <laughs> yeah, he's a he he's a guy who wrestles and has made a bad decision in his life and was like, "Nah, I want to try and sort myself out," and just goes out there and does it and does it because he enjoys it. Yeah, there's yeah. there's something very, I don't know. Like bizarrely, very, be, bizarrely relatable and wholesome, like <laughs> bizarrely wholesome about it. <laughs> I, I really, I, I need to say this story, um, because it is one of the most wholesome things that I've ever heard about Nick Cage. There was, it was at a GCW show, and he came up, um, and he was like talking to some of the wrestlers and stuff and he had just gotten his first smartphone like last year like two oh, years ago or something i'm, I'm like, right there with hey. you nick and he was like hey hey hey, look at this look at this look at this and like called and facetimed and was just like that's you that's you on the phone and that's me and we're on the phone right and he was just like so like gobsmacked at the technology and i was just like this is the like you're you're like my dad like <laughs> <laughs> like this is so cute and but like the juxtaposition of like this man with this tiny little dog like hanging out walking around and like trying to figure out how phones work and then going in and just being like one of the most hardcore like death defying like individuals that that balance is just so interesting and I think that there's so much of like his personality that you can I think that's why people like are so attracted to him because you can tell that he's yeah he's a real one like he's just He's just a good guy, and he just wants yeah. to go out and have he's, his bloody fun, you know. He's, he's just a dude. He's just a dude. And I mean, that's that's the the ever enduring thing about him. Mm-hmm. He's under no illusions about who he is. He is just a guy that does something and enjoys doing it. And I think yeah. that's the the purest essence of what you need to take from him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is a good that is a good way to, to to end this one, if you ask me. That's a good sentence to end this one on. Oh, all right. Before we all head off and say our goodbyes, Willow, may I just say it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. Thank you so much for popping yeah, in. Thank and, you so much. And having two free random me. 
British guys <laughs> yabber on for a couple of hours. <laughs> British, isn't it? <laughs> oh, Dan, don't oh. feed into the stereotype. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go have fish and chips later. No, but yeah. I digress. <laughs> any socials, anything you've got going on at the moment, the floor is yours. Take it away, Willow. Yeah, um, you can find me on, you know, mainly Twitter and Instagram, um, also some spicy sites. Um, you can find all my links to uh, all of those at willowraven.ca. Um, I'm Canadian, if you didn't know. Um, so I've got the CA in there. Um, but yeah, um, follow me. I uh, I talk a lot about wrestling. I post a lot of thirst traps, uh, talk about uh, music <laughs> a lot too. So, you know, a little bit of everything for everyone. I was going to say, Dan, I was going to say, to quote The Undertaker, that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, thank- also, I don't know, when it, when is this airing? Oh, uh, Monday. Uh, Every Monday we take oh, it. Monday. Oh, are you still um, releasing it on Monday? Oh, yeah. Be, don't, don't worry, I uh, will be. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, I will be um, at the next episode of Collision um, in Toronto and at Forbidden Door. And uh, we have... Uh, camera side um seat so you might you might catch me on collision hell yeah yeah <laughs> i'm keeping a lookout when i watch collision next week yeah <laughs> as for dodge sure again thank you ever so much willow thank you so much thank for, you for having me in. on the next episode <laughs> this is going to be a really good one we are going to be joined by our friend our dear friend over at the base world podcast chair as he is bringing us forth an argument. He is defending ECW in the year 2009. And I'll be right there with him, brother. Amen. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh. the only Yoshitatsu fan out of the three of us. Here. Yes, I am. This I is, stand by it. This is going to be absolutely cursed, and I'm not looking forward to it. <laughs> well, that's all for the next episode, Reard. But until then, I have been Sam. This has been Reardon and Dan and Willow. And you've been listening to the Sweet Chinwag Podcast. We will see you, as always, on the next one. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. MDK on fucking day.